All right. Well, hey, listen, so this is a morning of, of worship and a, mor- a morning of, of storytelling. So we're going to go back into worship in a minute. We're going to come later. We're going to have a time of just those kind of telling stories. And, and the idea is this last week we we talked about from Ephesians and, and just we said, listen, God wants to move us from a place of just a knowledge of the reality of God in the context of stories that we tell from the past. And he wants us to move to hear a place of experiencing his reality on everyday basis, right? We talked about these three things that Paul named. He said, number one, he says, listen, I'm praying, God. These are already believers he's praying for. God, I, I'm praying that, Lord, that there would just be this, this awakening, God, to the, to the indwelling reality of Jesus in their lives. Basically what he's saying is that, God, I'm praying every day that they would awaken today knowing that God that saved them 20 years ago is still moving powerful and real in their lives today and when they awaken their salvation is as fresh and new today as it was 20 years ago because every day you were fighting for them and on their behalf because you love them so god i'm praying secondly that they would be awakened not just in one moment but they'd be awakened every day of their life to the he- the, the height the depth the width and the breadth of God's love in their life, Jesus, so they could walk every day in confidence, knowing who you are in their life. And then third, I'm praying they'd be filled to the fullness of all of God in their life. And the idea was he's saying, I'm not praying that that would just happen once, but I'm praying that every day they would be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit and the movement of God in their life because we need Jesus every day. And so he's praying that prayer as an everyday, ongoing reality, praying for these things in their life. And so the idea is he's saying, I want them every day to know Jesus, to be loved by Jesus and to recognize the fullness of the indwelling spirit in them for the purpose of ministry. Because this isn't the nature of it. It's like, first, it's imperative that we know who we are so we can walk in, in confidence with an identity of being loved by God. But then when we receive that love, the empowering, the fullness of God, let's always for ministry. So we can take what he's given us and we can give it away to those that are in need. And so this is this reality that we're birthing from today, this morning as we worship. We want to then focus our hearts on Jesus. Like when we come, we want to focus our hearts on Jesus. We want to come with expectation. Like to be honest with you, it's a waste of a Sunday morning Unless we come with anticipation and expectation of this prayer being a reality that we say, God, awaken again in us these realities. Because we don't want to just have, listen, we don't want to, people say, hey, tell me the story of God. We don't want to just have stories about God moving in our lives 20 years ago. I don't want to just talk about when I experienced the love of God 10 years ago. I don't want to talk about this, the movement of God's spirit in ministry and seeing the power of God manifest in stories from 15 years ago. I want to tell stories of God's love and affection for me today. I want to tell stories of celebrating God's salvation and his fighting for me 
today. I want to live in anticipation of those things happening tomorrow, right? And I want to live in expectation and anticipation of God's spirit filling me again so that when I walk out my door, I am empowered to do the things that Jesus did and even greater things than he promised because of his spirit dwelling inside of me and in you. That's what we're talking about. And so when we come this morning and we come and we worship, when we come and we tell stories, that's what it's about. We're going to tell stories of how God's been moving, how he is very real, how he is very active today. And here's what I'm looking for. As we go back into worship this morning, we go into worship because we want Jesus to meet us. We want him to begin speaking and stirring the reality of his movement and his work in our lives. We want to be challenged. We want to recognize, quote unquote, our responsibility, right? God didn't just come give us a hundred bucks. He came and gave us literally everything in his possession. And what that does is awakens a sense of sobriety going, oh, my gosh, I've been given everything. And with that comes responsibility, not a responsibility of what I do in my own strength, but a responsibility saying, God, you've given me everything. I need your grace and I need your help. Thank you for your gospel that says you've come near to empower me, but I want to take what you've given me and use it for your divine purposes to bring your kingdom on earth as it's already been spoken in heaven. And so with that, let's stand as we come back into worship this morning. And this morning in worship is for the purpose of engaging Jesus. It's a way of being aware, God, of where am I in the context of knowing my, the indwelling Christ inside of me, knowing the love of Jesus that changes everything, that involves this empowerment of the Spirit. Be honest with the Lord this morning. This morning as we worship, you may just recognize, God, I, I'm undone by your goodness. I'm undone by your faithfulness and your love for me. You may want to get on your knees. We saw people on knees on knees in the first service. You may want to just come to the altar before the Lord and come and say, God, I repent of the life that I've been living before you and others. You may come this morning and say, Jesus, I just want to express thanks for your divine love and just say, I'm undone, God, by the way that you indwell me, by the way that you love me, by the way that you empower me. We're going to worship for a, for a couple of songs, and then when we're done, we're going to tell stories and celebrate the work that God is doing. And as we tell those stories, we're going to worship again and allow Him to minister in deep ways to us. So this morning, just come into this place of worship. Let's invite Him. Jesus, speak this morning in the way that only You can. Awaken us, God, to Your truth. Awaken us to your salvation. Awaken us to the gospel of Jesus. Awaken us to the power of your spirit. Awaken us, Jesus, from our slumber. Jesus, you know this is my need, and I pray it for others. So let's worship this morning in this fullness of God's movement in our lives.
I pray this morning in the places that we feel dry. We thank you that you are a God who brings rain and refreshing. Yes, in Jesus' name, God, I just speak a rain. Blood, Lord, of people's hearts and minds. God, it just brings a cleansing and a washing and a renewal in Jesus' name. Thank you. Now, I pray for those, God, who feel like you've forgotten them. I pray today a deep conviction of knowledge that they would know you haven't. That you were suffering alongside of them. A long suffering, a patience with Father, we love you. Pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. You guys can be seated. We're going to come back and end in worship in a bit, but I do want to take some time this morning. So Revelation chapter 12, verse 1 says this. It says, they triumphed over him, talking about the work of the enemy, and they would be God and, and specifically his people, us, right? says, they, us, with God, triumphed over him, the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb, right, the work of God, the work of Jesus, and by the word of their testimony, they didn't, in that they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And the idea of testimony here is really speaking about saying we're unafraid to proclaim our love for Jesus, even in the context of a persecution, the context of turmoil, and the context of tension, in our lives. It's just a beautiful picture saying, man, our testimony, we all understand how testimony works, right? Testimony is, is this person who's an eyewitness or a person who has something to say, something that they've experienced, right? A reality that they have, have witnessed. And so about something or someone. And so they come unashamed and unafraid to say, this is what I experienced. This is what I saw. And so that's what he's talking about here saying in this moment, right? That, that these people got to thank you. They've been unafraid, God, to and of course, in this, the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb. But I thank you, God, they were unafraid in the midst of these moments to declare testimony of God's faithfulness and to speak and proclaim the truth about who Jesus is. And so it's a little bit different in America that, right, there's not people who are threatening our lives. But it feels like when we share, we're being threatened by everyone watching us shared stories, right? That's what you feel. It's like, I just can imagine you all of you naked, right? And so this whole point is this morning, those who are going to share, if you don't mind coming forward, and there's three of you, so go ahead and come right now. You can sit on the front row. These people we've talked to in advance can come share their story of what God's been doing in the moment, okay? And, and so as they come, it's to share the story, yes, sharing the story of what God's been doing, whether it's in the context of the plan that we've been doing, the small group campaign, they're going to mention that, or maybe it's in the story of what God's been doing in their lives. Okay, and so as they come, it's to share a testimony, the story, a reality of who God is and proclaiming his goodness, proclaiming his favor and proclaiming that it's not just a God who was moving yesterday, but a God who's moving today. Okay, so with that, y'all go ahead. I'll get down. Y'all can go ahead and come forward. Here's a microphone. So everyone clap for them as they come. Yes. And uh, they already know the ground rules, right? And so all I'm asking you to do is just be really nice. Smile. with. If they're looking at you, make sure you're looking back and smiling, okay? Don't do this to them. That would be bad, okay? And uh, it'll be good, all right? Here we go. And this is D. Everybody say, hey, D. Hey, D. Hi. <laughs> 
You got to stand up. Don't forget, guys. Come on. Here we go. Well, I spoke in the first service, and I shared that I cry at commercials. So this time I brought Kleenex up here with me just in case, so forgive me in advance. But my journey began long before I started the plan. I had been praying for God to move me into a new season, a season marked by my desire to fill up on him and his goodness. I was running on empty. I was overwhelmed and felt defeated in many areas of my life. Through our study in Ephesians, the Lord has begun to show up in my life in amazing ways. Some of you may know me or my family and know that we are in a prolonged battle with glaucoma. The struggle is real, y'all. The medical prognosis really stinks. The doctors have no positive news or anything encouraging to say. And I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not the only one here who has felt the heartache of watching someone you love suffer firsthand in feeling helpless. Well, that struggle is real, too, every day. But what I'm excited to share is that God is real every day, all day, too. And that perspective, that perspective change has been life-altering for me these past 10 weeks. One of the verses in Paul's letter to the churches that really resonated with me was Ephesians 3.13, when he wrote, I ask you not to be discouraged because of my sufferings or my runny nose. I ask you not to be discouraged because of my suffering for you. I immediately thought of Jesus and his sufferings for me and my family. And that's all good. And I asked, how then could I be discouraged? I began to see that this very thing, glaucoma, that has robbed us of the plan that we had for our lives. This glaucoma that I hated for the continual suffering and enduring of nearly 13 years. This nasty, rotten glaucoma is the same glaucoma that has brought three generations of my family to Christ. All these years, I've harbored anger, hatred, and frustration because our life's plan was gone in an instant. But God, in stark contrast to our plan, had a plan of his own, of loving us with all his might and bringing us into his family. And that was my dueling reality. As I prayed about whether or not to share this morning, the Lord gave me this beautiful picture of how perspective change can be life-giving. I woke very early the other morning with this vision of swimming. We have a six-year-old, and she loves to swim, and she jumps into the deep end all the time. And she does this little doggy paddle when she's trying to get to the other side and get out and start all over. And it's so cute. Her little arms are doing this. And her little legs and the water splashing in her face. And it's so cute. And then he gave me a vision of my doggy paddle. And it was ugly, y'all. My arms were flailing. I felt like I was drowning. I could not get to the other side. 
And then he gave me this image of this perspective change, what I needed to do. I needed to turn over. I needed to be on my back. Eyes looking up, focused on him. Toes out of the water. Relaxed in peace and comfort. And it was in that that I could feel the sun, the rays of the sun coming down on me. And it was like his glory was shining upon me. And those rays of light were giving me tears, but this time tears of joy because I knew that he had me. And that was powerful. The Lord's word is alive as Paul's prayer is working in my life today. As I experience Jesus more, I fall deeper and deeper in love with my Savior. I know that he wants me to experience emotions beyond pain and loss. He's answering my prayers by filling me up with the goodness, with his goodness. He's filling me up with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of joy and laughter and peace. We are still awaiting the miracle of his healing powers, believing and having experienced him, doing immeasurably more than I prayed for some 13 years ago. In his infinite wisdom, he knew that our need was not for 2020 vision. He knew that we needed a savior. here to talk about my um, eight-year-old daughter. She has autism, and uh, two years ago, we took her to the dentist and uh, had the full mouth pan where they look and see how the mouth is developing and the adult teeth are ready to come out, and we noticed that she was missing several adult teeth, and the special needs dentist had said, this is common. This is common for special needs kids to have other maladies going on. And so she prepared us for what to expect and, and what to look forward to in the future and all these dental needs. And I went home and thought, okay, well, this is what we have to look forward to. And um, like I always do, I continue to pray over my children for God's best for them. And I always pray for my kids' bodies to come into alignment with God's word. Sometimes I pray over them in front of them, and they kind of get annoyed. And other times I pray on my own. But either way, I pray for all parts of their body. So mind, body, soul, and spirit, as well as their neural pathways and their everything. Just like if they were missing an eye or had a, a faulty liver, you know, I want the best for them. Well, on Halloween, as a lovely treat for pre-sugar, uh, we took them to the dentist again, and they did another pan of her mouth. And she it was two years later. And she saw the dentist again, and, and she was waiting, getting her teeth cleaned, waiting for the dentist to come in. And I went and looked at the scans um, sitting in her room with her, and I had to stand up and get a little closer because I thought, gee, it looks like she has all of her adult teeth there. So the dentist came in and said, okay, well, this is how well she's doing, and this is, you know, her mouth is fine, everything's great. And I said, well, is she missing any adult teeth? Because, you know, I thought she might be missing an adult teeth. And he kind of looked dumbfounded and said, well, no, she's fine. She's got all of her adult teeth waiting to go. And, and so, uh, you know, we just celebrate a miracle. It's a, a really rad miracle. Yeah. Hi, my name is 
April. Um, I spoke in the first service, and I have no idea what I said in the first service, but here we go. Um, I had a hard childhood, adolescence. A lot of really hard things happened. Um, God's brought me through a lot. It's brought me a lot of healing from those things, and um, I just knew there was still more that he wanted for me in that. Um, So I prayed a prayer about a year and a half ago and asked him to change me and change my heart. And the last year and a half has been quite a ride. It's been um, hard. A lot of it has been really hard because he, in order for him to change me, we had to go back to the really deep places, the old places, the places where I believed lies about him. I believed lies about myself um, because of how I had been treated. And um, it wasn't, it hasn't always been easy, but it's been a very beautiful time for me because I've come to this place where I truly don't just believe things about him, about his goodness and his faithfulness, but I know them to be true. Um, I don't just believe things for other people, which I tended to do before. I believed everything for everybody else and didn't necessarily believe that it applied to me as well. And now I believe God's promises are true for me. Um, not just here, but in every part of me. Um, and before the first service, Ella Givens prayed for me. And she came up. She's like, you just have to tell everybody, I'm free. I'm free. And and I thought, okay, that's awesome. But then I realized this week the Lord had said to me, now it's time to be who you are. So I am free finally to be who I am and who he created me to be. And I'm thankful for that. <laughs> There we go. So this morning, we're going to end our time it's in worship. And uh, so here's what it's going to look like. We're going to ministry team's going to go ahead and come forward. Our worship team's going to go ahead and come forward and uh, get themselves ready. And we're going to take some time and pray because I recognize, I thought it was so fascinating first service and again here in second service is you've, you've got Dee and Winnie sitting next to each other. And Dee's talking about, hey, basically we've been praying for a miracle. And it hasn't happened, but we're finding God in the middle. Wendy's like, man, we began to pray for a miracle, and, and God did that. And I love that because there's this nature saying in both of these places, the goal is we have to find Jesus. And I love that picture that whether you're in this place, man, we're praying for a miracle, but we're in the middle of suffering, but God is good. Or you're praying, and I just want to find God in the middle of it. Or, man, you're praying for a miracle, and God does that, right? But that's who he is in the middle of both of these. God is good. He is with us, and he loves us. And so this morning... We're going to have these two stand over here. There was a, it was a surprise at first service, not second, right? We're going to have these two standing over here along with this ministry team here. And if this is something like you, if you're in this place and you would love for them to pray for you because you identify with one of their stories, I want you to come forward and they just want to just pray with you in identification about where you are, okay? April is going to be over here. This is a surprise, surprise with Summer. And they're going to be praying together. She's like, woohoo, all right, good, thank you. And um, surprise, surprise. And so they're going to be over here praying. If you can identify with April's story, and I want to invite you to come pray. Now, here's the thing. This is how things work in these moments. So when I say you can identify and you want to come pray with them, you're inside because I want that. And then the other rational part of your brain says, I have an image to protect. All right? And so you step back and say, well, me and, me and Jesus, he, he can just take care of my stuff. But in reality, he's having them tell their story because he wants you to come and let down these walls so they can just pray for and love on you. Because family is safe. At least it should be. 
And so what's going to happen is you come forward to pray as one of them. People aren't going to feel sorry for you. Oh, that poor person. They're going to go, Jesus, we're going to fight for them. They're going to, we're going to fight. And so as they come forward, are you willing to commit to pray with them in intercession? Say amen if you are. Okay, those of you who did not say amen, you better pray for them. Okay? Do we have ministry teams over here? There's somebody over here. Somebody over here. Thank you. The fields. Yes. It's like, should we go? Should we go? Yes. So they are. Right. Perfect timing. And they'd love to, they would love to pray for anything else that's going on. So we're going to worship. It's going to be a little bit loud as we pray. We get that because we want you to be able to worship. Okay? So if you're coming forward, just lean in and talk into an ear. Okay? We recognize it's loud, but we want to have this moment as we end in worship this morning, singing of God's goodness. Okay? So with that, let's go ahead and stand this morning. Let me pray for us as our ministry get, get in place. Father, we ask this morning that you would do this work as we end in worship, as we end focusing on you, as we end focusing on those who are in need, whom you love. I pray for breakthrough this morning in Jesus' name. That you would press through fear, you would press through insecurity, you would press through rejection to meet people. So Holy Spirit, we just speak freedom in Jesus' name. Whatever you want to do, you do you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. In response this morning, we're going to worship. For those of you who came prepared to give an offering, these are your baskets. You can do it here. Communion still available over here. We invite you to come. This is the official ending of our service. If you need to go, you are welcome to do that. Uh, but we ask that you would stay as long as you feel led to stay. And I have nowhere to be today until like late tonight. Harvest, I means she can stay all night too, right, Harvest? And she's like, no. So we're going to stay and let God do his work, okay? So you guys have a great week. We love you. Let's respond as the Lord leads.